holy, joyful marriage. And sex is certainly a part of that. God created sex, and this is something that he wants us to be enjoying in the context of marriage. And I hope that whoever is listening to this has a very healthy sex life. And if they're not, to be making these different choices so that they will have that thriving sex life and marriage because God does want that. So let's go ahead and acknowledge that it's it's okay to be a little uncomfortable. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. All right, and we're back, and we're talking about the subject that has made me blush the most in marriage ministry. Drumroll, friends, it is sex. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. That's coming up in a few days. Oh, it sure is, but this topic is is a tough one, and if you talk to people that we have had for premarital counseling before, they know that I've come a long way over the last few years because in dealing with marriages and families, this is an important topic to be able to talk about. And I'm not the tee-hee-hee middle schooler mentality about this any longer, but it is a tricky thing to talk about because it does- How uncomfortable are you right now? I think I'm doing okay. Are you are you gauging my Irish blushing level? Am well, I doing it, all right? It's not that high yet. I just I'm I'm curious just how you're feeling about actually talking about this subject in front of people that we've never seen before. I think it's valuable to do and I'm I'm very happy to be doing it and I am feeling comfy about Good. it. So I, I just feel like let's breathe God's words into a, a very tough topic because I do want people to be hearing about sex and sexuality from Christians and from the church, as opposed to going outside of that and hearing about it from songs and TV shows and movies and these things that are just absolutely fiction. And I'll tell you, growing up in the the 80s and getting into the 90s, if I was going for a sex education based off of Madonna, George Michael, salt and pepper, Prince, I'm in all kinds of trouble. It's tricky to talk about because it makes most people uncomfortable. It does. And sex is an uncomfortable topic because by its very nature, it's incredibly intimate. It's okay that it's a little uncomfortable. Yes, it's something that should be talked about. Yes, it's something that churches and Christians should have conversations about. And we do need to talk about it because it's an important part of a thriving marriage, but we want to be sensitive and real because there are times when the goal of making this a more comfortable topic becomes almost gratuitous, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this is very intimate. It's a very intimate topic. And therefore, you know, let's not have the kids listen to this podcast until you as mom and dad have screened it first. But at the same time, it is important to share about, but it's okay to be a little uncomfortable. It's okay because this is not something you just talk about your most intimate things in front of just anyone. Mm Mm-hmm. With that being said, a lot of couples, though, who are having sexual problems in their marriage, they don't talk about them because a lot of churches do avoid talking about the topic. 
And a lot of this goes back to historically the Puritans coming in and doing a lot to help found our country and not talking about it. Really and truly, God wants you to have a successful, thriving, holy, joyful marriage. And sex is certainly a part of that. God created sex. And this is something that he wants us to be enjoying in the context of marriage. And I hope that whoever is listening to this has a very healthy sex life within their marriage context. And if they're not, to be making these different choices and taking different approaches so that they will have that thriving sex life and marriage because God does want that for all of us. So let's go ahead and acknowledge that it's it's okay to be a little uncomfortable. It's okay because it is that level of intimacy and there are things that are going to be euphemistic. You're not going to get into details about this is not how to. This is not a how to class or anything like that. It's not that kind of podcast. But we are going to talk about it because, see, most of the time, especially our younger people, all we hear about sex is from the youth group pastor telling us, just say no. Which we agree with. Don't have sex before you're married. And then after that, it stops. And that, unfortunately, takes us down this very unhealthy path of how do I learn about sex then? Where do I learn more about it? Well, so then it becomes mass media. It becomes, oh, how are relationships handled on your favorite sitcom or your favorite TV show? And then you see people who are not making godly choices about intimacy, or they'll go to porn and look at pornography as, okay, this is what I should know about sex. And both of those are horrible choices. Because it's it's fiction and it's damaging. It's incredibly damaging. It's hurtful to everyone involved. And so we need to be able to have conversations. And it's also important to just accept and realize that Lack of sexual satisfaction is one of the significant issues that leads couples to divorce because they don't know how to talk about it. They're not comfortable talking with each other about it, and they're not happy with it. And so then instead of let's talk about this, let's try to understand what's going on between us here. It's just like, well, it's not working. Don't like it. Let's just get a divorce. And that's the thing, too, because intimacy with your spouse is going to start in your head, and then that's going to be able to lead to appropriate sexual expression. However, when I've been dealing with clients who are getting a divorce, the client can always recall the last date that the couple had sex. And a lot of times, there's been a lot of time that's passed, and that lack of sex is due to and is caused by lack of positive other aspects of the marriage. Because when those other aspects are eroded, the sex is not going to happen and it's not going to be fulfilling. And I think that's an important thing to note. It's not the lack of sex is a symptom, not a cause mm-hmm. for most problems in marriage. Usually, 90% of the time, it's a symptom because there's something else going on. And so part of the things, if you're unhappy with the intimacy in your marriage, the first thing to do is to look in yourself and what is going on in the marriage and have that conversation. Deal with the conflict, deal with the 
frustration, deal with whatever else is going on, that's going to make it easier to deal with the sexual frustration that you may be experiencing. Because the purpose of sex, first and foremost, it's a vehicle for intimacy. And that just comes right out of the Bible itself, because that biblical euphemism that you see over and over in many versions of the Bible for sex is for a husband to know his wife. And, and so with that, I'm just, with that, mm-hmm. some some translations will say Adam lay with Eve or things like that to make it more clear what's going on. But the Hebrew word they're translating is to know. The intimacy level from the very beginning of scripture was he and he knew his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's really important is that it's an intimate level of knowledge of your spouse. Very much so. And within the marriage context, that's what it's supposed to be. But that terminology has also been used, like when Judah knew his daughter-in-law who was prostituting herself out. That's the inappropriate uh, way to be intimate with somebody, having sexual relations with someone outside of that marriage context. But they are knowing that individual. And that's true biologically, too. We are biologically bonding with the person with whom we're having sex. The oxytocin is known as the bonding hormone or the love hormone. It's the same hormone that's released, actually, when a mother is nursing a child, helps that bonding happen between a mother and child. We are at a biological level bonding with the person with whom we have sex. That's why it's so important that it's only in marriage. And I feel like we're beating the drum a lot, um, and we're talking it's a marriage podcast, so it should be obvious, but that's key. It says become one flesh. Part of that becoming one flesh, part of that bonding is happening at a biological level. As those hormones are released, it's bringing us closer together emotionally. And that's very much the case. Again, the purpose of sex is that vehicle for intimacy, and it's also for procreation. That's an obvious thing. Where the church has failed is some of the things that you'll hear, like sex is for procreation, not recreation. That's something that's a false thing because it's okay to be able to experience sexuality and sexual pleasure within the confines of marriage. Not only that, but it's actually part of what sex is designed for. I mean, just we're physically designed to enjoy sex. God did not have to make sex as great as it is. You know, and let's just be honest, it's great. It's wonderful. It feels good. And God didn't have to do that. He chose to make sex pleasurable for us. And that's not something from the fall. That's not something when you read through scripture, it's not, oh, they sinned and therefore none of that is true. It is designed for pleasure. We are biologically the way a woman is actually built is that has an organ that its only purpose is to provide sexual pleasure. And that is something that God created when he created women, and that was part of that creation. And friends, God said that that was very good. As Brian had mentioned, wanting sex and enjoying sex is not part of the curse. And I really don't understand how Christians could get to that point, but we're putting that out there because we know that that's the case. So we just want to set you straight as to that. So part of that is the curse. It says, 
your desire will be for your husband. So people have misinterpreted that your desire will be for your husband. As, I'm not thinking that's a curse. <laughs> that's just me, though. <laughs> well, but first of all, guess what? Husband's desire for his wife as well. But mm-hmm. that's actually part of the, when you read the Hebrew, it's talking about the conflict between men and women that can often develop. And so it's not about, the curse is not about, oh, you shouldn't be enjoying sex. That's about the conflict between husbands and wives and how we need to, in Christ, become together and become one. It's a separation, not, oh, pleasure in sex is part of the curse. So anyone who's going to use that verse in a church, that's a misrepresentation, a misinterpretation of what God is actually saying. Because again, like Jen said, God created woman and said she was very good. Truth. And the Bible does encourage us to enjoy sex within that context of marriage. Proverbs 5 says, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in your young wife, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you at all times and you may, may you be captivated by her love always. And it doesn't get more obvious than that, okay? Let's just write down at the bottom. May her breast satisfy you at all times. Ooh, that's in the Bible. (laughs) There's nothing about that that can be anything other than this is pleasurable. I'm attracted to my wife. I find her appealing. And then also in this passage, this translation, may you be captivated by her love always. The word translated captivated, it signifies ecstatic joy. Another way to translate it could be, be drunk on her love at all times. You're supposed to have this elated pleasure, this wonderful experience of coming together sexually as a couple, and it's intended to be enjoyed. It's intended to be something that brings you together and you enjoy doing this together. In Song of Solomon, it comes in, and and some people say Song of Songs, it is a more graphic, poetic expression of the physical love between Boy, a husband and a is wife. It graphic. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of study tools you can do on that book. I kind of picture the younger Jewish boys, like age 12, getting a kind of a copy of the scroll and reading that at the back of the synagogue, if that was possible, and kind of chuckling over that. But it, it's a really beautiful thing if you're approaching it from that aspect of being in that context of marriage. And let's just say that when they're referring to fruit, it's not stuff that grows on trees. And with that in mind, though, you know, we don't want to reduce this podcast to to any kind of a level of, uh, of just that middle school area, but we do want to emphasize enjoying sex within that context of marriage. And Brian was saying we keep being the drum on that, but that is really the the best and only way to really enjoy sex in its fullest and best kind of expression. Because for an example, our son loves to play baseball. And if he's playing little league on the baseball diamonds at the fields that are designed for that, have that buddy, that's fantastic. We would not want him to, and we would prevent him from playing baseball in the middle of a freeway. And that's what God's saying just about his design for sex and sexuality is to be expressed within the marriage. And another thing that, let's just, um, down to brass text here, orgasm is not the goal of sex. It's not the goal. It is a wonderful experience, and it's positive, and we hope that happens for you. 
But that's not the goal. We hope it happens for you a lot. Sorry, I wasn't expecting that from Jen, and that caught me off guard, and I appreciate that. But the middle schooler in me just kind of giggled. Blushing count for Brian (laughs) up higher than me right now. (laughs) Sex is communication. It's about mutually expressing love to each other, and it's about mutual pleasure. And like Jen said, we want you to have orgasms together. We want you to enjoy that but don't put pressure on yourself. And let's just be honest, women don't put pressure on yourselves. Mm, That's true. Because that's something that can make it more difficult and make the experience less pleasurable. And men, if that doesn't happen every time, let me just be very blunt, it's not going to happen for her every time. Whatever's going on, that doesn't mean she loves you less. That doesn't mean you're less masculine. That doesn't mean you need to go develop some new technique. It just means that that's what's going on right now. And it doesn't change how much she loves you. And it doesn't change that you're still bonding and communicating and expressing love to each other. And I think that it's also about, as a husband and wife, being able to have conversations. Because to an extent, I would say to a couple that is engaged, if you can't talk about sex you're going to have a really difficult time having sex. So it's important to keep those lines of communication open and that you are determining and understanding early on in your marriage and as time goes on, what is going to make sex feel the best for each couple because God does give us a lot of freedom in the bedroom. And with that said, you need to talk about it before marriage, but even more so after marriage because you need to say, I like this, I don't like that, or this happened, or I want to try this. And as long as it's just the two of you and you're not bringing porn or something else unhealthy into the marriage, then enjoy it. Have the conversations and be honest, hey, that didn't feel good, or that feels really good, or I want to try this or that. And sometimes, too, it's important if you are struggling in that area to see if there is someone who you trust who's on staff at your church or someone who might be in volunteer leadership who you feel comfortable talking with about with this or being open to potentially getting referrals to a therapist. And especially if some one of you and the couple or both of you and the couple has experienced any kinds of abuse um, or, or trauma when it comes to sex and sexuality before the marriage, And it's okay to say no to sex within the confines of marriage. And it's important to be able to always make sure that you're getting on the same page and catering to each other. And with that said, sometimes it's hard to find the right person to talk to. And so we want you to know that we actually do marriage coaching. And you can go to the website, operationthrivingmarriage.com. And if you just need someone to talk through this a little bit, we do marriage coaching and you can connect with us on the website as well. Jen, what are some of the things that keep people though from actually enjoying intimacy in their marriage? What are some, what would you say the two or three things are the key things that keep this from being a pleasant experience? Well, I think some of those things can be that lack of connection and intimacy that's outside of the bedroom because the closer the relationship, the better the intimacy in the bedroom is going to be. So, and according to many sex therapists, when a couple has a healthy sex life, it only contributes 15 to 20% to a couple's overall relational health and satisfaction. It's a pretty small amount. 
However, when your sexual experience in your marriage is dysfunctional and conflictual or avoided, it has a far more significant impact on the lack of health in the marriage. In other words, when everything is right, sex has a very small portion of making your marriage thrive. However, when other things are going wrong, negative sexual experiences have a disproportionate effect on the negative aspects. So if you want to have a healthy, thriving marriage and a healthy, thriving sex life, deal with the issues that you're facing. Sex is not going to fix them. You can't you can't have sex and fix the problems, the conflict, the disagreements. Whatever is going on, sex will not fix it, but it will show you that there's something wrong. And that's something too if you, there's pornography involved with with one of you in the marriage, erotica, those trashy novels that are out there, I'm calling it out for what it is. That's something that you need to remove from the the marriage. And oftentimes you're going to need counseling for that. If there was any kind of rape prior to the marriage um, by other people, it's important to be dealing with that within the confines of a therapist. Whatever's going on, make sure you're dealing with it. And that's the big thing. If you've been abused, that's something that you should never have experienced. And it's something that you need to get help with, but you can, and your marriage can thrive. But we want you to remember that sex is an important part of marriage. It's an important part to a thriving marriage. It's not something that's dirty. It's not something that should be avoided. It's not something that's just for having children. It's something that brings you together as a couple, and it's something that you can and should enjoy. Lack of sex in your marriage is usually a symptom, not the problem. If you find that your sex life is less than satisfying, there's probably something else going on. Your communication, intimacy outside the bedroom, that's probably where it is. So talk about what's going on. Be open with each other, open with what's going on. And it may not even be anything that's between the two of you. There may be something going on at work or something that's just you're stressed out, a high stress level. You know, one of the things that they say is, Men have sex to relieve stress. Oftentimes, women have to have their stress relieved before they're ready for sex. Mm -hmm. And so, those things, just be open and honest about them. And remember that this is something that's important for your marriage. It's positive and enjoy it. And one final note, how do you take your sex life to the next level? Positive communication. You're listening and you're communicating clearly. Thank you for joining us on the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast. We want to be a part of God's plan for marriages to thrive around the world, and you can help us do that by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast on whatever service you use. As an added bonus, if you subscribe or review, you'll be entered into a drawing for a free copy of our book, Operation Thriving Marriage. You'll get an additional entry into the drawing if you share your thoughts on social media about the podcast with the hashtag Operation Thriving Marriage. We have another opportunity for you to help your marriage thrive. We are hosting a special intensive marriage retreat at the beautiful Richard Bush Renewal Center in mid-Michigan. This is an opportunity for us to spend time with you personally, developing the skills that will help your marriage thrive. We'll talk about enhancing communication skills, conflict resolution, and building intimacy in your marriage. As an added bonus, podcast listeners will receive a 10% discount. All you have to do is mention the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast when you register. This retreat is limited to only nine couples, so make sure you register soon. For more information, contact us at our website, 
OperationThrivingMarriage.com. We look forward to meeting you in person.